0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media
1: Network. And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening. The last Wednesday of the calendar year before we hit 2024 and it has been quite the year. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey and you know what, Kelsey? We've had some ups this year. We've had some downs. Everything in between in the sports world. We're going to recap some of that and a little bit more moving forward, so it should definitely be a fun show looking back. Yeah, it's that time of year again, right?
0: We we get to you know look back on, on what we saw, um, what we hated, what we loved, uh, but also we get to look forward to what, what what's coming up next year, and that's it's important. Plus, it is literally one of the best weekends in college football ever.
1: Absolutely. We're going to be looking at the college football playoffs later to come up this week, as well as some big bowl games, which a couple of them, some players have opted out recently as well, too, unfortunately, we're still going to enjoy those. But without further ado, I think it's about time we head on into the tip-off. And the tip-off, of course, brought to you by our friends over SeatGeek. Use code up Sports for $20 off your first set of tickets for any sporting event, concert, anything in between. And as you mentioned it, we, last week we talked about the FCS championship coming up. Well, this year we're going to talk about the BCS, if you will, for lack of better terms, Division One college football playoffs right around the corner. We've been looking forward to it all year. They kind of the committee kind of got it wrong, but we're going to make do with it because there's still some fun matchups as well, too. We have Alabama taking on Michigan and we got Texas taking on Washington, which for some reason is starting at an inexplicably late time as well, too, on a school night, for lack of better terms. But I digress. That's what happens. But we'll go and start with the other one. Michigan taking on Alabama, probably two of your least favorite teams as well as well as mine. And. When I look at this game, it feels like the battle of it, they're the exact same team, it honestly feels like. It feels like they are very much the same team. They are very defensively oriented, good offensive lines, mobile quarterback makes plays with his legs, kind of his arm, good running game. They're gonna win their games 21 to 7 most of the time if they could have their way. Unless the other offense just keeps turning it over, then it turns into 30 to 7. But this game, whatever the under is, I'm leaning towards the under in this game. It should be a good game, but I'm taking the under. I think these two teams are gonna punch each other in the face. And the question is. Does Michigan cave after that first punch, which they've kind of done a little bit the last two playoffs they've been into, like Georgia a couple years ago, smacked them out of the gate. TCU got them into a track meet and they had no answer because they couldn't, you can't punch. We can't see, I guess, which is what it ended up turning into, turned into the old Muhammad Ali thing. But I think yeah. this ones they're both going to swing right away there. It's going to be the Rocky and Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky three where freezes right when they both throw that right hand right at each other, two inches away from their face. I think that's what this game is going to be, and it's going to be whoever flinches first. And we know Alabama is not going to flinch off the first punch. Question is, does Michigan do so? That's a good question. At least
0: this time, we'll at least find out who the winner is officially. <laughs> officially, find out who the winner is. Um, you know, say what you will, but uh, you know, Creed was it? Creed won. Almost tried to give it away. Um, we don't believe it. But they, they 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 pulled the wool over our
1: face. I don't I do trust. It.
0: <laughs> no, but yeah, this is this is gonna be a fun matchup. Um, this is two. <sighs> Honestly, grinded out old-school offenses, you're not going to see a whole bunch of yards thrown up in in, in the passing game. You might see a couple hundred-yard rushers, though. Um, I mean, Blake Corham won. Uh, Donovan Edwards is backup, backup back um, running back adjacent. I don't know, whatever you, you want to use for him. Um, on the flip side of things, Jalen Milrow and squad, that team is a tough running team. Uh, you don't really want to stand in their way. They are still a powerful running team, which is good because that's the one weakness for both defenses is both defenses are weak against the run. Um, Michigan a little bit more so than Alabama, but you know what? There's an opportunity here uh, for both teams to just like surprise everybody and light it up. And if that's going to happen, I think we're going to see Jalen Milrow be the one that lights it up and kind of shocks the world. If you, will. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think people think too highly of Jalen Milrow as a passer, but I think he can and is a willing passer, similar to Jalen Hurts. He's a willing passer. Sometimes he's a little off target, but he can still throw for 300-plus yards in a game. I mean, at any given time. Um, They may not be the prettiest throws every time, and he may wait a little longer than most, but you know what? That's okay. You have plenty of time with that offensive line. Uh, Also, the defensive line for Michigan, not that great with pass rushes. Um, So, yeah, I think this would be a fun game. Um, You know, I I like your idea of maybe 30-point max uh for one of the teams um to me I, I think i'm gonna go like 50 total points 55 total points in this one i'm not sure what the over under is on this but i do i do like the idea about 50 55 points in this game i don't think any more than that um if a team crosses 20 in the first half i'll be shocked uh let's just say that i mean there's there's no way um i i see that happening unless both teams are just like oh you know what we're gonna fool the other and, and pass the ball nonstop. uh but no you can see a lot of a lot of talent there um three guys that finished in the top 10 voting has been trophy in this game. Uh One should not have been there. JJ. Um, the other two rightfully so like quorum well-deserving Uh Jalen Milrow deserves the vote He got maybe not sixth place, but deserves the vote. He got nonetheless, mm-hmm. I guess fifth place, but yeah, I mean, it will be a fun game. You're going to see a lot of talent on the field, but I think you're going to see a lot of miscues from offenses uh in the passing game. And that's just going to, irritate every single fan so if you're not a fan of either one of these teams enjoy hmm. uh, this is going to be the one time you can sit here and watch michigan and alabama and not really hate yourself because you're going to be enjoying all the miscues you're going to see um but both defenses still really they're solid nonetheless I, as all as much as i just crapped on both of them they're they're still solid uh, i mean we're still talking about two top 20 defenses in college football y- you can't really go wrong so gotta be fun though top to bottom i think this is a fun
1: matchup um you know i am i'm excited for it for sure I will say, too, I'm curious to see what Alabama's edges like Dallas Turner, like they have some dogs on the edges they've been getting after all season. Their edge game has been absolutely strong. Two guys going to the draft, most likely, or when they do go to the NFL, they're going to go to the NFL if they want to. I think it's going to be key on whoever the backside is to basically say I'm not helping him run. I'm taking J.J. McCarthy's backside boot out of the out of the out of the play, because we know how that's where he's at his best is when he's rolling, coming off a play action, getting outside the pocket, that sort of thing as well, too, when he's on the move, for lack of better terms. If Dallas Turner in those backside edges cannot get too greedy, stay in the rush lanes, even on just basic passing situations. You have to rush them, kind of like what they talk about doing with Jalen Hurts, just to continue on that tra- trajectory. Is you don't want to sprint upfield like your Dwight Freeney back in the day on the on that turf on third and sixteen. You got to get upfield. Was it? But you also don't want to sit back too much. Exactly. You got to fi- try and find a rush without flying upfield. You got to kind of bend if that makes sense. You got to turn it into clamps or vice grips. Or if you're in a sprint upfield, you better have one nasty spin move to get back in when they when you try and step up in the pocket. So I'm going to be curious how they take care of that. And Michigan, as you mentioned, not as much firepower on defense as like when they had Aiden Hutchinson, David and Jabu in the last couple of years. But they are a very good sum of the parts defense. And I think their secondary is a little bit better. So I'm going to be curious how these, those two teams attack each other for sure. But if we go to the opposite end of the playoff. We're going to flip everything we said and just throw that out the window and go with the exact opposite as we got Washington taking on Texas. And this is offense offense a little bit more offense with a sprinkle of points that i i think whatever the over under is you look at the over this one it's you were saying maybe 50 to 55 for the other ones about the max shoe cap at. that's where this one's gonna start i feel like <laughs> michael Penix, roma dunze just that offense in general for washington two top 16 scoring offenses i believe and they would be higher if they didn't kind of just coast in a few games or in washington's case sit everybody in fourth quarters because they're by they're up 28 to seven So I think it's going to be who can run the ball, honestly, who can run the ball and who can avoid mistakes because Texas showed the ability to run the ball at Alabama, nonetheless, to close that game out. Washington, the last month, honestly, has kind of surprised both of us how well they've run the ball against Oregon as well as I believe it was Washington state and just some of these games like, Oh, they can run the ball and they can run it very well. USC where when they have to, they could control the clock. And we know Michael Penix, he's, if there's an inch, he's gonna take him out. He's gonna throw that ball through it. He's gonna throw that ball from 30 yards away and land it in a mailbox without a problem, especially on those outbreaking routes, those deep down the field routes, those crossing routes to a Dunze, who with his big frame 6'3, he's gonna be a first-round pick too. Defensively, neither defense is scaring anybody. They're just opportunistic. You you make a mistake, they might take it and go the other way. But whatever the over-under is, we're looking at the over. It's gonna start at 55, I feel like. like both of these offenses, it should be. Unless they both decide to go full ball control because they're scared of their defenses. But that doesn't seem like a Sarkeesian M.O. for one for Texas. And Michael Pence wouldn't allow that either. They're going to try and light it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be important for Washington. They're going to need to get the, uh, their um, run game going in this game. And I don't know how that's going to work with big old sweat in the middle of Texas' defense. Um, and I'm not talking about the sweat perspiration. I mean, the, the man that is 395 pounds and runs like a 4'6", four, 4'7", four, something like that. Dude's massive and he's... Like, Jordan Davis reincarnated again, even though Jordan Davis is literally just two years out of the, out of college. Hmm. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding for Washington's run game, which means Michael Penix and Roman Duzay, as you mentioned, they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's. Uh, it, it is that, that important. Uh, but that's okay because literally all season they've been there. They've been ready. They've been on point. Even in a bad game against Oregon in the championship game, they were still on point. I mean, Michael Penix's stat line, looked like a average winning NFL quarterback in a tough win over Oregon. Like that's how incredible this team, this team's offense really is. Um, What they've been doing all year. I've said it before. I think Michael Michael Penix probably should have been the Heisman. I don't hate the idea of Jane Daniels, but I think Michael Penix deserves that after everything. Um, Potential feel good moment of the year. I don't know. Um, We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think Washington has a lot of ability offensively, and it's going to be a question of can their defense even get one stop. G- give me one stop from my defense. I feel like I feel like Washington can pull this off. On the flip side, if you're Texas, you same concept. You got to get your run game going. Differences, they don't have a big dude in sweat in the middle that you have to worry about. But they got four guys on their offensive line that are thick and not easy to move. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever watched any Samoans in, an off- in a defensive line, but they're tough to move. They have very low center of gravity, very very difficult to move. I'm not speaking from experience or anything, uh, but yeah, uh, it's like Washington is an underrated defense. Yes, statistically they're not great, but they have stepped up when they need to. And for Texas, you need to be able to stay on, stay on, uh, stay on, stay on uh, pace for every down. I mean, you can't you can't get off schedule. Um, and then Quinn Ewers, if you have a shot over the top, don't miss. That's the big thing. Don't miss. I mean, if you if you can hit one of your receivers flying down the side sidelines. I mean, you were going to absolutely have a night, but you cannot miss that opportunity. Um, and whoever the tackle is, the especially the left side tackle, watch out for those delayed blitzes coming at the back end of Quinn He has not really paid attention to those all season long, and it's something that Washington likes to run anyways. Um, so it's something that Quinn and, and Texas, if they want to be successful, somebody's got to be protecting his blind side, whether that be a running back or a tight end clipping or chipping on, on his way out, whatever you need to do. Um, protect, it, protect his blind side But don't miss your opportunity if you're Texas I think you have a great opportunity here uh, The offense is is fantastic for Texas The offense is fantastic for Washington The winner of this game probably scores More points than the other two teams of the other matchup combined mm-hmm. um, And I mean I don't feel bad saying that I feel like everybody If you're a betting man Whatever the over is I'm probably hitting the, the over um, I'm probably going to put a solid 10 bucks on the over Just because I feel like that's your money I don't bet more than a dollar normally, and I'm about to put 10 on something. So, Uh, no, it's going to be a fun game, top to bottom. Uh, I do think the winner out of this game, though, has a great shot of winning the title. Um, I know that sounds bad, but I do like offenses in college football playoffs. I think the offenses tend to win win, win out the matchups.
1: Absolutely as well, too, especially when you have the ability to out – you could beat a, the best defense when your offense has the ability to smoke the better defense. Like if they're in the perfect defense and someone like Penix is gonna put that ball right where it needs to be in a perfect spot. Or a Donze six foot three athletic phenom is gonna just say, you know what, throw it to me. You're right. We saw that with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and them. Even if it wasn't the even if the defense called the right play, you were wrong sometimes. Just because the throws, the receivers, the playmakers, that sort of thing. And then to I will say this is the way he played in that Big 12 championship game. If he does play, if he's able to match that against this Washington team in this college football playoff game, we're gonna we're gonna have ourselves one hell of a bat, one hell of a duel. He, he he's gone stronger as the years gone on, and I'm really curious to see how he matches up in this one. And if people forget he could be a guy potentially in that NFL draft quarterback conversation. There's a lot of talk with Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jay Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Those guys, rightfully so. When he was good, rightfully force himself right into that mix. He is far from out of it. If he decides to go up, he might decide to come had back. Yeah. Had
0: it not been for the injury during the season, I think he's in New York as well. Um, I do think he would have been a, a finalist. I know he didn't really get many votes. Uh, I don't think he got more than he did, didn't get enough to get in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's tough, tough right there, but that injury, I mean, set him back. If it's not for that injury, we're talking, I mean, there's, we're talking about a kid that was one of the most, recruited athletes we've ever seen. The dude walked into college at Ohio at Ohio State originally making a million dollars. Mm-hmm. He chose Ohio State because he was so well recruited and the NIL money was so large in the first year of the NIL that he could go make a million dollars and then come back to Texas. Like, exactly. exactly. This, this he has all the talent in the world. There's a reason if those arch-manning lovers aren't sitting here clamoring for for Quintera's job cuz you can't get you can't beat them right now. I mean, you, right now, what Quinn Ewers is doing for Texas is impressive. I mean, it's it's on par with what Michael Penix does for that offense. I mean, you saw that Texas offense without Quinn Ewers was not that great. Malik Murphy did a great job, went two and one, but it wasn't pretty. It was a tough sled. Quinn Ewers makes it look easy, even though it could, they could get off off schedule. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, he gets, he stays on schedule. This team rolls pretty much
1: anybody, and that's what's scary about that offense. Absolutely. And you said it too, as long as he doesn't miss, cause he does have some of those moments where he's just a little bit off target and it catches you off guard because he's so normally on target, but they do have a couple. And it's the big place too, where it's like the ones that could have him score like 42 to 42 to 20, as opposed to 35, 24, like those ones that could have them for lack of insurance, blow, put the, take the roof off of it. If that makes sense, like just some of those, if, if he hits those in this game and they're able to build off that run, like we mentioned, I can't wait. This is honestly the matchup I'd love to see for the national championship game. I'm, Glad we are guaranteed to get it by having it being a semifinal. But like you mentioned, I think both of these teams have a damn good shot against those other two teams too. I'm really excited to see how it goes. And I want to see which defense steps up because in these type of games, one of the defenses always steps up and sometimes almost surprisingly shuts down the other offense quick. Maybe we end up getting an under just because everyone's hyping the over that one of the defenses comes and shuts it down. But I'm looking forward to seeing these defenses come to play. And you know what? I, I look forward to this college football playoff. This is the year we needed 12 teams because there's still Florida State, Georgia, and other teams that deserve to be here. There was, there's a lot of cream at the top of the crop this year. I'm looking forward to seeing these ones because three out of these four teams, there was absolutely no de- no debate they should be in there. At least amongst us, we thought three out of the four guaranteed should be in there. So and Then the fourth one, there's a, we won't get into that. Oh, yeah. We don't have enough show for that. <laughs> is the fourth team a good
0: team? Yes. Are all four teams quality, high quality, and uh, uh, college football teams? Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Nobody's saying they're not. And nobody's saying that even if you put the other undefeated team that didn't get included in the playoffs, that they wouldn't get washed. But we don't know that one of these four teams won't get washed in a game. So that's the whole point. To take a quote from a great NFL coach, or at least a great meme at least, Hmm. you play to win the game. The game isn't played on paper. You play to win the game. That's all there is to it. Whether you are undefeated or you
1: are a two-loss team, doesn't matter. So, we'll see what happens but yeah, I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Can't wait for that one as well too. And the rest some of the other bowl games as well. Granted, we're starting to see some sitouts and stuff, but I still look forward to bowl season and this college football playoff as well. And that's going to do it here for the tip off and as we get into the main event, I think you could say uh we got something a little bit magic planned here for our last show of the year and Kelsey, I think that's kind of that's your cue to take over here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh
0: no magic mind. Uh if you guys we you guys have been watching the show recently, you guys have heard a lot about it. If you haven't watched the show, Definitely go check out MagicMind.com. It's a fantastic product. I use it myself. I've been struggling with afternoon, I mean, really midday exhaustion, sleepiness, drowsiness, you you name it. I am just a tired mess. I fall asleep sometimes in the middle of work. It's not a good, a good thing. I don't know if anybody's ever fallen asleep at work before. It's not fun. It's very embarrassing, very awkward. Your boss kind of looks at you like, are you good? It's a whole thing. But thankfully, uh, our friends over at MagicMind reached out couple weeks back um and they you know provided some other product for me to try test it out see how it worked i absolutely love it um product uh you know ingredients like ashwagandha lion's mane mushrooms um a lot of vitamins in there as well to help you out it's kind of like a new tropic. it's really just goes along with your normal breakfast routine um so you take your normal whatever your normal breakfast routine is whether it be you take energy drinks whether you drink coffee take it along with that it helps makes things a lot more efficient is the best way mm. i can put that Makes them more more impactful. You stay awake longer. You don't you don't have any drowsiness. Um, I mean, I've worked a ten hour shift today, and I feel just fine. I'm going just fine right now, actually. Surprisingly, um, you know, maybe I, maybe I didn't get everything prepped and ready for everything, but you know what? I I can at least make it through a day. Um, it definitely helps, especially with productivity as well during the day. It will get a lot done in ten hours. So definitely go check it out. Head over to MagicMind.com/slash-high-low-20 for more information. Um, and use the code HILO20 to get more. And if you guys live near a Sprouts grocery store, um, Magic Mind will be in Sprouts starting in January. So go check that out. Uh, th- unfortunately, I don't have one near me. I wish I did. I would probably buy them out of stock immediately. Um, unfortunately, not that lucky. So, yeah, definitely go check about um, MagicMind.com slash HILO. Or if you go on check them out on Amazon, use the code low 20 for more inf- or for 20 percent off of your order or up to 50 percent off any subscription order as well um so to go check that out it's absolutely fantastic
1: absolutely I can't wait as well today I got some on the way I look forward to giving you a try as well you definitely gotta find a way to stay awake sometimes in that midday drowsiness especially especially this post-holiday one as well too as you get into the new year it's, it's dangerous right now it's dangerous out here for everyone but that's gonna take us now into the main event and for the main event We're looking back in the year of sports for 2023. We're going to go through to look at some of our favorite moments, our least favorite, some feel-good, some cringe, some champions, and something that just needs to be left behind as well as we head into 2024. Not everything needs to go year to year. Some of it could stay in Vegas, if you will. And We're going to start it off positively, though. Favorite sports moments of 2023. There's a lot to pick from. It's kind of hard to pick just one, and it's hard to narrow it down. I'm going to go first on this one because I kind of went with a – i went with a basic one that I think a lot of people will catch some flack for because of how we got to it. But I think when you sit back and look at it from the broad picture, it's a good one. I'm going to go with LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer. I'm going to look back. This my favorite sports moment. For no other reason than we got to witness a historical record set that honestly, I don't know when or if it's going to be broken in our lifetimes. Honestly, I mean, we're looking at year 21. He's averaging 25 points a game. Career averages like 27.8 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And like, Let's look at Kevin Durant for example. He's top ten and has been absolutely ridiculous, and is known as arguably the best scorer of all time. He is nowhere near this, and he's and with the injuries and the way he's going, this is longevity times greatness times health. Like it's a very very hard thing to accomplish, and it's still getting added to. That's why it's not just breaking it, but the fact that it's getting piled onto as well. It's not like he broke it and then it was done. Then then he had like one or two more games. He's still giving you gave you forty the other night. Like, good luck. This. I don't see how, when, or why, why this one's ever going to be broken anytime soon. Records are meant to be broken, but we will see. Defenses are a lot more complex than they were even when Kareem broke it. So in theory, offense is more common to come by, but it's harder to take over a game unless you're hot from three necessarily, the way it's played today. So I'm going to go with LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer. That's my favorite sports moment because sometimes when we're old, raggedy-ass 70-year-old men looking back like, damn, I remember seeing that, and on a fadeaway too, nonetheless. The one thing he's not known for whatsoever so I'm gonna go with that one for now
0: yeah no I love that moment um it was it was up there for me I honestly it there's been a lot of things that have happened in 2023 um but that is one that like I almost feel like it was under celebrated by a lot of people there are a lot of people are coming up with excuses for why it doesn't matter the reality is you mentioned KD KD has to go for another 15 years at his current production for it to for him to make it. The dude's already in his thirties. That's not happening.
1: I'm he's sorry. Like mid thirties too. Like 35. Yeah,
0: like he's not playing until he's 50. So who's the next Giannis might be the next up on the list that potentially maybe Jokic, both of them are in the mid to upper twenties. Like that's not happening. So in reality, in our lifetime, yeah, it's going to be a lot before we see somebody that that's that good. And and that's kind of a crazy thought to, to consider. And, Uh, It was, it's impressive. Yeah. Say what you will about LeBron. Love him, hate him. It's just like Kobe. You got to respect him. You got to respect the game at the end of the day. Um, Speaks for itself. The stats speak for itself. Sure. You may have added some stats during his career. Who cares? Every good player does. That's just what it is. That's part of being a good player is the fact that you don't take your foot off the, the pedal. You literally shut him down and you keep going. And that's just what it is. And LeBron, I mean, yeah. Hats off to you! That
1: was a fantastic moment for sure. Just to round that one out too, Kevin Durant is the only active player in the top twenty right now, as I look at it as it stands, and he is twelve. If he scored, if LeBron didn't score another point and Kevin Durant went on a twelve thousand to nothing run with points, he'd still be about five points behind. Basically, <laughs> that is the gap we are looking at right now. And the games played, LeBron's played about fourteen fifty, Kevin Durant's played a little over a thousand, so obviously a big gap there, but. A lot of that's because Kevin's missed a lot of time, that torn Achilles, the foot injuries, that sort of thing. That's why it's longevity times greatness times health. That's why it's absolutely so incredible as well. So that's that's what I'm going to roll with. But Kelsey, favorite sports moment of 2023, which one's going to get the Kelsey crown?
0: So I'm going to stick in the basketball arena um, because something happened this year for the first time in a long time, and it was a great something. Um, And yes, I am 100% putting my bias out there. I Mm -hmm. don't care. I'm going with the Sacramento Kings and uh, (laughs) Golden State Warriors playoff matchup. First of all, the Kings making the playoffs for the first time since I was in school, in high school. Uh, Actually, before that. It was 2002, 2003. It's absolutely insane to think about. And to do so in dramatic fashion, going into Game 7 against one of the best teams, we saw some of the craziest moments in sports in that series alone. The rest of the playoffs weren't near as good as that entire series was.
1: Best series by far.
0: Games three through seven, nobody can beat it. One and two, I mean, whatever. It is, they they were good. Don't get me wrong. Dramatics, fights, dude stepping on another dude, last second shots, lighting the beam, you name it. That series was fantastic. And the Kings finally made it back to the playoffs. They look great going into this year as well. Um, Have a lot going for them, so... And to do it against a team like the Warriors. I mean, we saw Steph Curry really return to greatness almost in that moment. That was his like, dude, I'm still Steph. I'm still the greatest shooter. So while I'm doing it for the Kings aspect of this, it really is that entire series. Kings, Warriors, two coaches that coach together. I mean, that was top to bottom my favorite sports moments of 23
1: for sure. It was like the rebirth of a fan base, a rebirth of a team, a, a fun thing like the beam. Sacramento finally getting something to cheer for in sports, really, after what it's been for two decades now. And yeah. then we got to see arguably Our Steph Curry. Cities. Exactly. And Steph Curry, you mentioned a top 15 player all time, give or take top 10, depending oh, on who you talk somewhere I in that area. He's going top 10 now. Had, hit, in my opinion, arguably his best playoff game in that game seven. Would it matter the most, Draymond's a mess. Like, you needed him the most. That was arguably the best playoff game he's ever played. Yeah, I mean, that
0: was impressive. A single-handedly shutting down a fan base like the Kings, which if you ask any NBA player, what's one of the toughest arenas you ever played, Arco Arena is a top... Arco was always a top five. Golden one center since it's been in the establishment has honestly probably not always been there just because the first couple of years weren't great. But, I mean, you saw it right there. That's a resurgence of a fan base that's tough to shut down and the cowbells be damned. Steph Curry was literally knocking down everything. I mean, that dude... He could have breathed life into something that died at that point in time. That's how on fire he was. It was it was fantastic for from just a sports standpoint, but realistically, as a King Kings fan, it was heartbreaking. But
1: you know what? I loved the series nonetheless. It was still seriously it was my favorite hands down. Absolutely, it was one of those where we're in East Coast time, and those games sometimes will start a little late. You stay up for them regardless. Like you knew you you knew you were getting your. It was worth being useless the next day, basically. Like it was one absolutely worth it. And now we got to swing to the opposite end of the spectrum gonna look at our least favorite sports moments. And there's a lot of those. I mean, there we could go dive deep into a lot of goofy ones. I'm going to keep mine relatively simple for this one. One of the things that I like most about baseball, what well, I dislike about baseball, excuse me, is it's kind of, it's the same teams over and over again. It's a dynasty-driven, it's like, it's a money and dynasty-driven team. It's basically who throws the most money around. It's always the Yankees, the Dodgers, that sort of thing. Those are like the two teams that everyone, unless you're fans of them, you hate them basically for the most part, it seems like. No one's gonna be like, oh, I don't mind the Dodgers or the Yankees. That's a baseball fan. It doesn't exist. And they, we finally had a World Series without them or the Astros or the Braves. I think it was for the first time in like two decades. I think it was something ridiculous like that. The we had the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. It was so awesome. Like it was. That's the tough part about baseball. Is I think that's why a lot of people gravitate to the NFL. Is every any given Sunday, basically, like there's not really dynasties that dominate where you see the same teams match up head to head to head in the Super Bowl every year. That in baseball, I'm worried we're going to get back to that again with the off season, As we saw, the Dodgers not only get Shohei Otani, but they also are signing Yamamoto to a future deal as well. And then Juan Soto heading over to the Yankees for a decent starting pitcher and some other guys that we'll see. But it's still Juan Soto heading to the Yankees, another superstar going to the Yankees. We talked about this. We had a special episode just to talk about it. They're not robbery trades by any means. It's just like, really, really, the rich get the. We had one. World Series without one of them, and now these two immediately grab arguably two of the four best players they could get. You'd say two, of maybe the two best players they could actually go get.
0: Three of the the the, the top three number one prospects right now,
1: or uh, free agents slash incoming absolutely. free agents. Yeah, like that. Just absolutely, it's a very it's a very uh, superficial least favorite. Like, there's obviously much worse. Like, I'm not I'm not going to dive into those ones, but this one's like, gosh dang it! My favorite thing about baseball this year was all the parody that's going on across the board. Like. The Dodgers getting surprisingly upset. The Astros getting surprisingly upset. The Yankees missing the playoffs altogether. It was just, it was fun because it was so unique this year. And I and then as soon as the offseason hits, it's the two money bag teams immediately start making it rain like it's James Harden in Atlanta or something like that. So you know what? And that was a strip club joke for those who didn't get that as well. Just throwing that out there. But for me, that's gonna be the that's just gonna be the minor least favorite. There's obviously much worse, but I'm gonna just stick with this one as like, well, damn, not thrilled about that. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Um, That was actually my number
0: one option. (laughs) Um, It was actually specifically Shohei's contract, but I agree with you. You encompass all of that. But I mean, yeah, baseball proving that the young or the 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 small markets don't really have a chance at these big name free agents unless they get lucky. Basically, like you, you, it's better lucky than good in this case. Very soccer esque, if you will. I mean, it's just kind of almost a. Like, there's a, mo- a moment where you're just like, all right, well, that's above our contract offer abilities. Like, we can't do that. We can't do $700 million. Like, that's not happening. So, yeah.
1: We can't do it for 10-year deal, but then pay you after the 10-year deal. We can't basically just pay you for your the rest of your life. or whatever. Like, We can't structure that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But that's what I'm going to look at for least favorite. So, Kelsey, uh, what are we looking at for least favorite?
0: Yeah, so for least favorite, uh, you know, there's a couple... Um, but I think I'm gonna go kind of similar to, to how you went encompassing here. Um, and I'm gonna encompass all of referees'
1: least so favorite sports is like moment is all 2023, 2024 going ahead. So, this one's yeah. a copy and <laughs> paste.
0: This is year of the refs, part 17. Um, I've, I've run out of parts at this point in time. Um, yeah, uh, look, the refs continue to get involved in crucial moments in games despite not calling things throughout an entire game and out of nowhere, a flag comes flying in. And there's, I mean, there's egregious moments where a play happens and at the very end of a play, an NFL referee throws a flag for something that is a offside at the beginning of a game, beginning of a, a play or something. Like <laughs> there's been interceptions overturned that go for a touchdown and they don't get overturned until after the guy's handing the ball to the referee in the end zone. I just I don't get it. I don't get how referees are doing that in the NFL. You look at baseball. You know what? Honestly, baseball they had their first perfect referee that perfect umpire in the playoffs this year. So you know what? Sorry, he was one pitch away from being
1: perfect. But baseball was a pretty good umpiring this year as a whole.
0: Baseball relatively okay. I mean, eighty nine percent of the time you were successful. So that I'm gonna round up. I'm gonna give you an A. I'm just gonna give you an A. Um, Angel Hernandez is not in the league right now, so. Mm. All things are good. Um, basketball, though. <laughs> I, uh, basketball's been just as bad as the NFL. I mean, there's times dude knocks down a three, then there's a whistle, and it's like, no, that was a illegal, uh, you know, whatever, illegal screen. And God forbid you play defense. I mean, Lord, Lord help me if I play defense. I'm going to get called for 17 fouls, and I can only get six in the game. Uh, it's It's crazy. And then you can't even, like, clap to your teammate. You can't throw the ball back to the referee without getting a technical foul. Yes, I know I'm harkening back to potentially J.J. Redick days here, but it happened again last year. It happened – oh, I say last year. Earlier this year in last season. I mean, it's happened this season already. I, I, there are so many dumb technicals. There are so many dumb fouls called in the game of basketball. I feel like you're losing the game of basketball. On the flip side of things in the NFL, like I said, it's awful. College football. It's college football, man. <laughs> you know what? These are These are referees being trained. To go and do something else. These are part-timers. Okay. Fine. Professional leagues, though, you got to get it together. Plain and simple. VAR in soccer. The fact a referee, the the VAR system will not overturn a referee is absurd. It should never happen. If you go to replay and you see the play is wrong, it should be fixed. That's the whole point of VAR. But that doesn't happen now. Uh, So, referees blowing calls and getting involved in games that they shouldn't or haven't refereed that way in in crunch times, that is my number one least favorite thing that's happened in 2023 because it seems to just get worse because they get TV time. They get deals. They're the guy on TV now in the Cheez-It commercial. You know what? I don't want to see it. (laughs) I don't care. Don't give a referee an endorsement deal when he blows a call. I don't want to see that ever again. But, yeah, I digress. So, yeah, referees
1: blowing calls. Absolutely. And then if there's the ones, too, where, like, it's an actual foul where they get smacked on the arm. And it's like, no, nah, I didn't see it. But you called that up. But yeah, I digress. We could go in on this all day. It's, a man it's getting you. exactly
0: one on one in the middle of a field, a receiver getting tackled by a corner one on one. And the ball hasn't even come down off from its apex yet. And the referee's like, nope, that's not a penalty. That's that's nothing. That's just keep play
1: on. What? gets scissor kicked by a defensive back who trips and is like, no, no, just incidental contact, not tripping or anything else. Like it's roughing the pass We don't have time to go into all this. There are oh, so some much-
0: roughing the passer ones. How do you I expect a kid to, how do you expect somebody to tackle somebody nowadays?
1: And then on top of that, when someone gets punched in the head, you're like, no, nah, it's cool. It's like, make up your damn mind. Which one is it? Like it's either call every ticky tacky thing or call absolutely nothing. I need one something.
0: One or the other, and I'm fine. If you have called the game ticky-tacky the entire game, and you call it in late, okay,
1: cool. I'm annoyed by it, but at least it's yeah. consistent. You call it loose, call it loose at the end. All right. That, that's all we ask is a little consistency, and you know what? I I digress. We could get into this all day and all night. Like it's it's an issue, and this is what reason
0: I- it's our least, it's, it's my least favorite moment, and, and I'm sure it just set off a lot of people just hearing those thoughts. Exactly,
1: it's a. There's no one's perfect, but it just there needs to be a little bit of consistency across the board, and that goes back to the NFL for not having full time refereeing staff. That, that is their only job throughout, like not just independent contractor type things. Like they need to be under the NFL's payroll. Like you're, you're this is I'm your your on. job in the off season. We are doing seminars and trainings, and that is what you're doing. And if they are doing it, well, they need to do it better because okay. there's a- give them a union, give them worker protections, pay them a hundred thousand dollars a year, okay, but hold them accountable yeah, and then have them also at the have them be available for comment basically as well too, if there's something like that.
0: or release a grading from the NFL on the on the on the uh, referee afterwards. the SEC refre- SEC has this for the referees. this is probably the only good thing as the SEC does with the referees mm-hmm. is they have an account that tells about close plays during an SEC game. So they will actually tell like the SEC refs will have to talk to the head ref for the SEC and release their opinion on the play and why it happened and they will actually post that on twitter one of the only good things the sec does with referees
1: but absolutely absolutely there's a the year of the ref part 357 and it's going to be back on this show again next year in exactly 366 days so don't doubt don't doubt that as well too but next we're going to try and lighten things up a little bit we're going to go to our most feel good moment of the year one of them that just kind of made a smile or just kind of gave you that warm fuzzy feeling inside just a, just a feel good moment in sports and. You might see, you might notice a stem hanging next to my head because I'm going to take the lowest hanging fruit possible with this one. I'm just going to take Damar Hamlin returning to the field. We we could both tag team this one. We could both stake the same one. I'm gonna, I'll keep mine as just his preseason returning in the preseason, getting back on the field against the Colts. I believe it was too. Just getting back on that field, getting introduced, getting a chance to step foot, go out, make a tackle, run, play, just do everything after what he went through. To, which was also a 2023 unless no on January 2nd, I believe it was too
0: mm-hmm. on that
1: Monday night game against the Bengals. To, and then to see able to get back on the field in the preseason. So I'm just going to stick with that first moment in the preseason when he stepped back on the field and was basically clear to play, making contact, making tackles, bouncing back up, just playing football again.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that was my, that was my pick. I still have another one. Don't worry. <laughs> I came prepared in case this happened. Um, but no, I think, I think this is the feel good story of the year. I think this is, If you're looking for a number one, feel good, comeback, whatever you want to call it, moment of the year, this is it. Um, Because it's fantastic. I mean, really, to see what we all saw and then to see him back on the field. Sure, he may have had a tough couple games here, but you know what? I don't care. The fact this man stepped foot on a football field, has gone through full contact drills nonstop, has not had another issue. And on top of that, the love given to the the training staff during this entire thing is fantastic. Um, you know, really showing the, the 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 love for the really underrepresented workers that make the NFL great, um, and that's that's huge. Uh, and now that you know, DeMar Ham is not the, obviously the only one we've seen this happen to recently this year, um, but definitely probably the highest profile we've ever seen. I mean, in in in, in prime time. In the game, it was in four playoff seating. Like it was huge. It was a terrifying moment. Um, it didn't just affect Demar; it affected, you know, T. Higgins was in fact affected by it. But you look at it and, and seeing Demar back on the field, definitely, definitely
1: the feel good moment of the year. Yeah, absolutely, as well too. So, Kelsey, what are we looking at for your other feel good option as well? So, I am gonna go with one that's still
0: ongoing. I could have gone another way. I could have gone the Kelsey bowl, but I'm not going to go the Kelsey. Bowl. I feel like that's too self-serving in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already done that once. I put the Kings in there. So I'm going to go instead to Michael Penix and his return to football. After all of the knee injuries, all of the shoulder injuries, season ending injuries, transferring from Indiana, not sure if he's ever going to get a chance to really perform at the same level, not just putting his team on the on, on his back to make the playoffs, but getting to getting to New York, Getting a Heisman Trophy consideration, I mean that's in and of itself huge. Um, one quarterback of the year, the Maxwell O'Brien, huge, um, absolutely fantastic opportunity. And now he has a chance to lead his team to a national championship, something kids dream of, and something that's he's seen almost taken away from him four different times. Um, so I, you know, from a college football standpoint, that's a really fantastic feel-good story right now. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to to
1: michael Penix since uh since you took the tomorrow one and on top of that too he was the final pac 12 champion too like he was in the in the r.i.p pac 12 which honestly could have been the least favorite as the end of the pac 12 too but like that's that's a it should be should be first team
0: all pac 12 number one quarterback
1: all right, you can make a case he was first team all-american too is when, when oh i scored. mean absolutely he should be but we'll wait and see but like just absolutely incredible Way to as he is rounding out what could have been an incredible career if injuries didn't derail the first four years of it as well. So, hey, he upset, he upset Ohio State at Indiana. Just remember that, everybody. Exactly. Like he, yeah, it, absolutely. It's been absolutely one fun. I look for go go UW for the Pac 12, never die at this point. Just if nothing else for the Pac 12 and for Michael Penix. But yep. next, we're going to go, we're going to make our skin crawl a little bit. We're going to go with the most cringiest things that happened in the sports world, things that just made us uncomfortable is that we're going to leave it as well. So, I'm gonna go first, and mine's gonna be simple, quick, and simple. Colby Covington. That is it. That is the tweet. He didn't. He only fought once this year, and it's just a couple of weeks ago. But every time we, everyone knows he's kind of playing the character, quote unquote. We kind of know what he's going for. We know, sell tickets, sell that sort of thing too. We already. It's so painful. It's so uncomfortable that talking about his opponent's dad at one point in hell when they said they were going to go to that sort of thing, and then the fight. Then when you go in against the, and then in the fight you don't do anything. You're pretty much stationary. It was the worst fight of his life. He stood completely still. He's known as a guy who sprints forward with reckless abandon, basically, and t- puts constant pressure on. Weaponizes cardio, and he looked like he looked like Miranda Cosgrove in that iCarly episode where she decides to try fighting against Victoria Justice. That's what it kind of looked like at that point. He was constantly backpedaling, looked uncomfortable, was missing a lot, shooting very thirty yard takedowns, so was getting out. It was really bad, especially for the way he talks. Then in the post fight. Thing immediately goes back to just goes right back into the character. It was just painful. It's uncomfortable. And it was just so cringy. Normally, he's kind of sometimes funny. as ridiculous. It is like normally it's like so cringy. It's funny. This time it's cringy and just like gross. I don't know. It was that definitely not his finest work and I, it, I'm just glad that no more of that this year. That was just awful. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, anytime you see a
0: major athlete, especially somebody who is as outspoken as Colby Covenant and you know they're playing a role and they've obviously talked about that. How playing a role is what set their career up into the role. Like so it's what kind of propelled him into um where he is today as far as notoriety goes. it's it's disappointing because he plays it so much at the it's, wrong
1: times. It's become who he is almost and now it's cranked up to eleven, it feels like. And it's like, you know, don't get
0: me wrong, there are times you can you can be that character, that's fine, but there are other times you just shut up. Um and Colby Covington didn't have that filter this year. Uh, it was there was no shutting up for Cole, and I'm not saying shut up and dribble type shut up. I mean, there are times you just don't play that character at that moment in time. There's a reason WWE stars like The Rock and John Cena have been loved by a lot of the communities. It's because while they play a character on TV, the moment that camera's done, they are in John Cena's case the number one Make a Wish Foundation care- uh, giver, you know, for wishes. The Rock, number two in granting wishes movie star you know you get that's what sets him apart from colby covington sure colby covington would do great in something like wrestling in in the wwe because he knows how to play a character unfortunately he would suck and he'd be fired really quickly because he doesn't know how to shut it off and that's really i mean yeah to your point that's he did not shut it off in 23 at all and that was disappointing it,
1: it uncomfortable cringy everything you can mention. honestly a lot of the a lot of UFC fighters, like a lot of them are trying to gain that notoriety. They're playing that character. It was a lot. It wasn't just him. There was a lot of him. He's the most notoriety one. But the whole days of just be yourself as the fighter are kind of going down the hill. Thanks, Juan McGregor, for that. So all of them were a little cringy. These are people known for punching each other and kicking each other in the face. Not exactly supposed to be wordsmiths on the mic. And unfortunately, when you try that, it doesn't necessarily work. Not, not everybody can be Derek Lewis, okay? Not, that's a Bingo. Not everyone has that kind of natural ball charisma so There are too I,
0: much Daniel Cormiers in the role in the world and not enough Derek Lewis's.
1: at least Daniel Cormier knew how to crank it down and around used to control it.
0: Yeah, fair. He did know how to it, on a mic he stuttered, but that's not because he wasn't playing a character.
1: He just He just wasn't funny as well yeah, as he tried he, he struggles coming off the cuff. He's exactly like he's just not funny, unfortunately. That's his biggest yeah. downfall. But he's good as a commentator now when he's not trying to be funny. But throwing he, the cuff, he's great. Exactly. But that's what I got for cringy. Kelsey, is there anything for cringy that stands out for you this year? oh uh, that dad joke I just distra- dropped. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. Um, anyways, uh no, I i yeah, no, there's there's one major cringy. Uh honestly, yeah, I could probably combine two of them into one, but I'm gonna say one. I'm not gonna break the rules on this one. I'm gonna stay stay with the rules here. And maybe the most disappointing slash most cringy, but it's John Morant. The entirety of the Ja Morant situation from the Indiana incident to the incident on Instagram in the off season and the lack of self awareness to do anything about it and the hollow apology that he released during the after the second after the uh, the IG situation like it's a struggle to, to 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 root for John Moran anymore and I I like John Moran I did like him then you see all of this and it's just like dude what what's happening uh, who is who are your yes men around you and how do you get them out of your corner? Um, I you know it's been a struggle to sit there and watch it. And it sucks because like you, know, obviously me commenting on it just doesn't visually uh Rashard Mendenhall would have something to say if I commented on 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 much of the John Morant situation. So I'm just gonna say that it was a very cringy situation. Uh Richard Mendenhall very close, second Draymond also right there as well. But John ja Morant, number one cringy moment moment for the year, and it was really just an entire six month situation, and even dating it, back to preseason last year. I'd even throw it in there where he punched a college kid because the college kid was beating him and then talking trash about it, respectfully talking trash, and then he pulled out a gun on the kid.
1: Just, just go back, even like just go back a couple of days ago from recording this, where after he has a dunk, it looks like he starts spraying bullets into the crowd. Yeah, as well. there's it's stuff. like. Look, it's not that big of a deal, but at the same time, it's like, it's cringe, which is what the category we're on, for those of you tuning in, is most cringy moments, and that kind of fits the bill to a T.
0: Yeah, poor T. Morant. <laughs> he's got to be... In- and that's the thing, T. Morant does a great job of embarrassing himself, but, but Jaw's embarrassing T. And that's tough to do.
1: Exactly. So, it's not easy to embarrass Usher, and he's found a way to kind of make it happen, so... Next up, we're gonna go back is in 2023. We're gonna look at the best champion, the best team, the best ones who host hoisted a trophy, whether it be a team and individual sport, but whoever won the chip, we're gonna look at the best ones. And for me, I looked at it. There were some pretty good ones. Obviously, the Rangers are a great one too. The Chiefs with a phenomenal season and a fant- phenomenal Super Bowl. But there's a lot of UFC champions in there as well too. But I'm gonna stick with the Denver Nuggets because, frankly, they kind of rolled through the playoffs. That they rolled Miami comfortably. They rolled they absolutely blasted the Lakers. they rolled through Timberwolves. The, the Suns kind of had them at two and two, but at the same time, you kind of knew it was just a matter of time. So I'm going to go with the Nuggets because they, no one really, it felt like they were in cruise control the whole time. They ran through the playoffs comfortably. So I'm going to go with the Nuggets as the best champion I have right for 2023.
0: That's fair. Um, I, You know what? As a champion, as a team, from a just pure ability standpoint, I 100% agree. But the thing about best champions is you don't have. There's many ways to judge best. Is it doesn't just have to be total embodiment of dominance. Um, some of them could just have some of the best stories to to, to come back and and uh, you know win a championship. And that's the route I'm going here. I'm not anything in the big three sports in the U.S. I'm not staying there. I'm of course going to my other love, the other football, the MLS. And the most recent MLS champion, Columbus Crew. If you guys have ever watched this, the Columbus Crew play, there have been many, many years of disappointment. Much, much, much like a lot of sports teams in the state of Ohio, there's been a lot of struggles over recent years. But the Columbus Crew, probably the one bright spot, unfortunately, for the last six years, I'd say, not been that great. Um, return of Darlington Nagby to the squad. And in Darlington-Agby's send-off season, hometown kid from Akron leads that team to a title. Um, Absolutely fantastic story for Columbus and one of the original founders of the MLS as well to go out with a championship. In one of the most watched seasons of MLS ever. Actually, the most watched season of MLS ever. With obviously the return of Messi or the incoming of Messi, if you will, to the league. But that carried over with the Apple TV deal. So Columbus crew were my best champion of 2023 just because of the moment. I think the moment was never too big for this team, and they weren't the best team in the league, far from it. But at the when it mattered in the playoffs, they were able to, despite the weird rules of the MLS, get through every leg of the playoff and win a title at home in Columbus. And not just that, but send a hometown kid home with a trophy. It was fantastic, top to bottom
1: absolutely it was, a, it was a combination of feel-good moment as well as best champion like they earned every step of it and it, it was almost like when jerome Bettis won his super bowl in his hometown of detroit sort of thing just everyone hates the steelers for rightful reasons at that point but same point with they knew that the crew would just take that part away but that was that was an awesome championship for them as well and so through year in review we've talked about all the things we let all through 2023 now the last category is arguably the most important one what needs to be left behind in 2023 as we go into 2024 I'm going to keep mine kind of I'm going to try and keep it quick, but I, I apologize if I don't in advance. We're going to look at these sports social media scene as a whole, <laughs> whether it's influencers, fans, people who do what we do, just hang out and talk with other people, whatever it might be. The disrespect across it needs to just just needs to chill. Whether it's people pooping on others, whatever it might be, or the people who have the large following completely disrespecting anyone who disagrees with them. You don't know ball might be the most egregious thing I've ever heard, honestly. Especially coming from people who clearly don't know ball. They'll, and it's not just like certain fandoms. It depends. I've moved eight hours apart, and it's in different algorithm sets on the social media apps, and it's still the same. You look at go look at Bears. The Justin Fields and Caleb Williams drafts thing is absolutely toxic going on in there as well. Too. You don't know ball. Justin Fields can't read defenses. You don't know ball. They have no talent around him. Blah blah blah. You look in or Kelsey's at in Ohio as well. The Deshaun discourse, you have popular popular uh, fans that have a large following there. It's like if you say anything even remotely negative about Deshaun, you have his agent and his butt buddy saying, You don't know ball. And just even if you use literal statistics and film on them, saying like, Hey, he only threw, he didn't throw anything over 10 yards in the second half. That's why he went 15 of 15 against the Ravens. It worked. That is not pooping on him. That is stating a fact. You don't know ball. If you're going to say that, come with the film come with stats, come with some sort of breakdown, come with something if you're going to say that. Just coming with the insult you don't know ball is absolutely egregious and it honestly always comes from the least the least nowhere of balls of all time. And I know that sounds absolutely terrible, but you get my point as well. And that's his really- name's Lavar Ball, and no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, Lavar Ball wouldn't wouldn't even crack the top 10 for some of the stuff that's popping off all it's these stacked. days uh, it's it's that toxic across the board. You can go to several different fandoms as well. So, I'm going to say Leave the disrespect by my, well. You can argue, you can debate, you can cut someone off and be like, you know what? I'm done with you because you don't get it. Cool. But like the, you don't know ball to attack someone's family, post that sort of thing. It's, if, if you want to disagree, come with something. Like at least have a reason to back it up. Don't be like, oh, it's Twitter. I don't care enough. Well then don't argue in the first place. If you want to yeah. say just just post a film clip of something like, here's what's happening. And if someone disagrees with you, you'd be like, I see it differently. Cool. We're good. Doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be war. It doesn't have to be a war every time it could sometimes just be cool. Yeah. No, well, you know, agree. sometimes that we have never exactly thrown chairs at each other or anything like that. So I think oh, we,
0: we disagree often, honestly. And and we the problem is we disagree off air a lot more than we disagree on air. Um and it's just because we tend to choose topics that are pretty neutral. But there are times off air we you know we'll we'll go back and forth with different stats. But that's the thing is we go back and forth with different stats and we're respectable about it. You know, there's I use the group of fans called the Ultras in soccer, um, the very fanatical fans, the ones that are causing a lot of problems in countries like Israel and things like that with just – they get racially involved. It's along those lines nowadays. We're starting to see that coming to American sports, and that's not the point of being a fan. The Yes, fan does derive from the word fanatical, but does not mean to be an asshole. Plain and simple. like The golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated should apply at all times no matter what you're doing yes you can debate yes you can have a conversation at the end of the day shake the man's hand buy him a beer have a great day or woman's hand i i you know you talk about it there's constantly that you don't know ball and it's just left alone there's the attacks on 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 humans and their beliefs and their thoughts it's we see enough of that in our everyday life sports is supposed to be a sanctuary away from that i don't i don't want to see politics in my sports Like, I don't mind. There are times and places for politics, but amongst fans, I don't care what, you know, any of your beliefs are, period. All I care about is what happened on the field, and can you back up whatever your point is with a stat? Because if you can provide me a stat, I don't care how egregious the metric is. It could be one of those stupid saver metrics I absolutely hate. Extra base hits when he walks and the guy before him strikes out. I don't care. But if you come to me with a quality stat, And it makes sense. I'll give you it. I'll say, all right, absolutely. I'm going to argue my point, but you know what? Cool. That's great. You know what? You dug up that one. Congratulations because you put a lot more research into this than me. And that's, you know, that should be how the conversation goes. But we've seen a lot less of that. It started with fans coming out of COVID in stadiums, it's now taken itself into the world of social media. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said.
1: The funny part about sports, too, is. A lot of it is very subjective, too, on top of it. like, There are things that are locked in facts, like this dude leads the NFL in touchdown passes. Okay, I can't really argue that. That's statistically proven. Yeah. But I could be like, Brock Purdy is not the MVP. I don't care about his stats for this, that, and the other. Like, It's very subjective. We could both be right. We could both be wrong. I could break down the this, that, and the other, and you could break down this, that, and the other. You could give me those advanced stats of how many touchdown passes he throws to the left with the wind blowing right on a Tuesday afternoon with a horseshoe on the field. I don't care about that. I, I get. Cleveland. You get my point. They're like, we could do that. Or you could talk about like the, Hey, this, they were five and one with him or whatever it is. Like they're both right or wrong. Like it's all fine and Danny. It doesn't need to result in, you know, you don't know ball. It could just be like, it's the Caleb Williams and Justin Fields thing. I think I Justin Fields is awesome, but I think they should honestly trade him. Cause I think they both need a fresh change of scenery. And when you have a chance for a number one, overall pick quarterback, it's hard to turn it down. Especially someone with the hype of Caleb Williams at this point obviously do your due diligence and there's Drake may there too, who is number one quarterback in a lot of other classes and some other guys. My um, brother is a bears fan is doing everything in his power to be like, I want Marvin Harrison jr. Damn it. Get him trade the other pick and keep Justin Fields and do some this, that, and the other, or try and trade back like four spots, get Marvin Harrison jr. And a buttload of picks. Cause it's fun to have those picks and play Madden. There's two different ways. There's different ways to go about it. Both can be right. Both can be wrong. The only thing that matters is what comes to fruition really.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, as a person who is very adamant about not trading Justin Fields um, and not drafting Caleb Williams number one overall, whoever you are, it could be the Bears, it could be anybody else. I don't care.
1: And that's really fair. I will not argue that because as the Justin Fields supporter of this show and that we both are, I'm just the one who who's out to drive for it. I just think he's, I want him to go to Atlanta's and Arthur Smith to get fired because I want to see Justin Fields with Bijan Robinson, Drake London and Kyle Pitts and then with a competent head coach. But I'm being selfish that way. I want him out of Chicago because they hate him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's a simple conversation that should never escalate to the point of physical or, well, I just, threats of physical violence um, over just. social media or a family attack or just a general dismissal. It's, it's a very, there's a, there's a logical fallacy to attack on, attack on the person. That's the immediate sign that somebody has
1: lost an argument is the moment they attack the other person. We just had a mild disagreement. Not once did you say my head looks photoshopped. Yes, I remember that comment too from that YouTube video. My head is not photoshopped. I remember seeing that one on one of our tier Tuesdays. But my point stands I've taken enough time for this one, Kelsey. It is your turn. What is something for 2023 that we want to leave behind as we head into 2024? Mine's going
0: to be short, sweet, and to the point because it's still ongoing and I really hope it ends so shortly. The Detroit Pestons win a freaking game. 27 to do. You were up by 15. It was 22 to 7. You are on your way. You had your number one pick last year give you 45 points and and lost. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. How? Detroit Pistons are the things I want to leave behind in 2023 because that loss record right now is absolutely egregious and I'm tired of seeing it. It's funny. I'm tired of seeing it. I realistically so many good things are happening in Detroit. And then there's the Pistons. There have been every team in every sport has won a game other than baseball who has not played yet since the Texas Rangers have won the world series. Every other team in, in major American sports has won
1: a game. It's a, it's absolutely great. And you know what? I, I kind of want to find what the, what the odds are for them to make the playoffs. Cause how funny would that be if they did the exact opposite as soon as 2024 and they just won like 30 of 35 games or something insane. I'll put a dollar on it. I, you know what? Come on Pistons. You got this kay Cunningham is the real deal. Clearly the rest of that team yeah. and Monty Williams has some work to do. They, they, there's a lot going on there. There's a mess there, but that's going to do it for our main event in the year interview. Now we're going to quickly dip in to Kelsey's favorite part of the show. And that is of course Crunch time, crunch time, of course, brought to you by our good friends over at Outlier. Go to outlier.bet backslash high low sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial. Bet, smarter, not harder, for everything you need from odds, trends, and everything to make some smarter bets. And you know what, Kelsey? We're just gonna get this quick and sweet. We appreciate y'all for joining us throughout this year, as well as every other those who've been with us for reoccurring years. It's always a pleasure to hang out, talk sports with you all. Hopefully, you all had a great holiday break and a happy new year ahead. And- we can't wait to do it again next year. It's always been a pleasure. to It's always been a pleasure to chat, talk sports with you, as well as some of the people that tune in, and plenty more to go, I hope. Oh, yeah. No, it's what we're going on. What, our fourth year now? Year, we've gone
0: four years down now, yeah. Yeah, four years. Wow. Um, it's flying by. We've, you know, obviously seen some ups and downs. It's been fantastic, nonetheless. We've gotten a lot of fun things we've been able to do, from coming and covering the draft in Cleveland, to, oh, wait, we're moving to Cleveland, to... No, no, neither of us live in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, and we got, you know, we got to do a lot of fun things with Browns, Tailgates. We got to Stillers, tailgates. been to Hall of Fame, you know, fantasy football expo. There's been a lot of fun things. We got to met got to meet Des Bryant this week, this year, despite you twisting your ankle. Still a fantastic trip. Maybe that's what you leave behind in 2023. Maybe it's the sprained ankle in 2023. But no, it's been a fantastic
1: time. Let's leave injuries behind. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: Uh, fantastic year. Fantastic fun. Um, every time we get it, We get to do this. This is honestly my bright spot of, of Wednesdays. I'll wake up in the morning. And it's like, oh, it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Oh, it's Wednesday. We got a podcast to do tonight. I love it every time. Who knows? Maybe we get to do this more often in the future. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody that tunes in. Still, thanks, Mom. Um, thanks, DJ's mom and dad. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks, Kate, for tuning in. Um, Thanks, Brew, for not barking this time. <laughs> energy for you know just chilling on the bed the whole time.
1: Absolutely. The, the the yeah. Thank you, dogs, for now. Thanks for not <laughs> squeaking this time as well. Too. But we appreciate y'all for joining us. We will see you all again next year.